Welcome back to another episode of Terracon Prime Time. It is me, Jeremy. And tis I, Josh. And we are back for season three of Final Space, baby. I mean, we never left, but we're here. We're going to review episode three right now. Season three, episode three. Begin. This one was a doozy of an episode. Well, okay, so... Before you say it's a doozy, what would you rate it? Give it a solid nine cookies? Ten, maybe? I'm eight. Ooh, eight. I'm still at an eight. I, but I'll let you explain your side first. I feel like it was one of those Final Space episodes where they're going to drop the whole reveal. And the fact that we were, we're used to it now, it's not as much of an emotional gut punch as say, season one, chapter six, where the show had been happy-go-lucky up until this point, and then, boom, this happens to shift the entire season. I feel like this was supposed to be one of those events, and I thought it was pretty cool to see the reveal of not only what Avocado did, but also how it impacted the people around him. Am I allowed to just go into spoilers straight up? Like, I'm just waiting. Yeah, we're reviewing the episode, Josh. Talk what you want. Also, uh, we're finally bringing back Lord Commander, so hell yeah. I haven't seen him since he was taken away in Season 2. and He was pretty much a dead little husk of a raisin anyway. But it's kind of cool to see what Invictus has in store for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of your points. And I see them maybe not quite as strong. So I would definitely agree. I would agree that, like, you know, we're now in season three. Uh, we're a bit more experienced as viewers, a bit more accustomed to um, sort of the narrative storytelling that Olin and company have uh, used and are accustomed to writing. So, yeah, maybe not entirely this reveal is all that shocking. Uh, the reveal being that uh, Avocado was uh, a butcher, as Lord Commander put it, and he's going to be turned into a master because Lord Commander is going to give him a purpose. It's It's really interesting that... Like, season one, I guess you kind of got the vibe of Lord Commander's a bit psychotic, but, you know, he has a vision for the future of the universe, and that is one where he is a maybe a Christ-like or a God-like uh, figure. And in this episode, we see that backstory of, like I alluded to earlier, or talked about earlier, Lord Commander giving Avocado a purpose because... Uh, the Ventrexian race has been caught in a thousand-year war with the Trivulians, which at this point, those those words, <laughs> like, out of context, that just sounds like a madman babbling, you know? The Ventrexians against the Trivulians. Gesundheit. Yeah, exactly. Um, but giving him a purpose of, you know, you're going to be my second-hand man um, if you just do my bidding. I need you to kill people so that we can live in a world with no killing and no death, which is... Uh, well, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of an interesting take on the entire thing in the sense of, like, finger to forehead. How do we get rid of death? Well, kill everyone first, and then there won't be any death. That's because there'll be no life. 
Exactly. And so that's that's kind of like the sort of interesting, not necessarily spin on it, maybe spin, um, but how they're approaching. How do we make Lord Commander evil with a purpose, as it were, I guess? Lord Commander asks for the head of the royals, the Ventrexian royal family. And from this, we learn that um, not only did the Ventrexians have a royal family, we also learned that the royal family had a baby. Avocado ends up killing the royals except for the baby. Somehow the baby survived an explosion in a plane crash, as it were, a ship crash, as it were. In a blanket. Yeah, in a blanket, in a bomb-proof, fireproof, bomb-proof, fireproof, fall-proof blanket, you know, freaking, what is it? Not not Slap Chop, the other one. Slap, slap on, what is it? What? Flex Seal. (laughs) There it is. <laughs> slap that, slap the flex seal right on the baby. It'll patch him right up. Little Kata was wrapped up in. <laughs> this is the reveal, as it were, um, that that Avocado apparently used to have a son, and now he's going to adopt through, I guess, by force. At this point, he's adopting by force the royal baby because he killed his parents. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. It's basically... It's 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 non-consensual adopting at this point. Oh no. So we get that reveal, except... And, you know, we're kind of jumping around the episode, but since we're already on this topic, we'll just continue it. But the Lord Commander has half the team squad captured. And so that happens to coincide with Little Cotto, Avocado, Cheryl, Fox, and Ash. He has them captured. And so... In order to get some information out of them, he threatens Avocado to tell Little Cotto's backstory, or Avocado's backstory, I guess, as it were. And so we get this whole reveal through sort of Avocado being forced to tell it from the Lord Commander's powers. So we get the re- we get the reveal up into the point of Avocado was a murderer. He murdered the royal family. But then later in the episode, we have Little Cotto defend uh avocado and we get an internal flashback and i think this has been a point of contention uh with the with the fandom right now is whether or not we as the viewers with avocado are the only people and maybe the lord commander we are the only people that know um little Cotto is actually adopted and he is of royal blood maybe because it was left intentionally vague by the show creators but i i think it's kind of definitively proven to me because when Avocado is talking about his past crimes, he starts talking. So that way, you know, it, it he starts talking and then it goes into the flashback. Whereas this last flashback, I believe it's internal because he doesn't say anything. He sort of kneels down towards little Kato and then we get a flashback. We get the fade in. And so to me, it's it's it screams... This is what I'm thinking about right now. This is what I have not told you, my adopted son, who I'm calling my real son. We have the forbidden secret, as it were, that little Kato is royalty, and he doesn't know. And so it's this festering wound now, or the time bomb, I guess, as it were, because they wouldn't. the show creators would not show this if they weren't later going to reveal the consequences of it. Because at this point, we are told what has happened, but we have not seen the consequences of what has happened, whether that's 
next in episode four or a later episode remains to be seen, but we have this, this insider knowledge that we're sitting on now at this point. And I think that that in of itself is a strong sort of backstory. And that's just the A plot. Exactly. Well, it's hard to tell right now what is the A plot and what is the B plot because they're both very strong sort of things. I feel like whatever's in the episode title is the A plot. So if it's called the Ventrexian, then the main thing is focusing on avocado's backstory which is a fair viewpoint i would argue the latter though not necessarily that whatever the episode is named because the episode name i would argue that would definitely give us clues as to what's going on in the episode there's no doubt about that but in terms of overarching story of what is the story of final space season three the the main goal is escape final space at this point gary kind of has has made that clear and even in this episode that his goal now is to rescue the team squad and get out of final space. Um, and we'll reconnect with that. But the other B plot now. So basically, it's kind of like two A plots. I wouldn't necessarily call it an A plot versus a B plot. Because I think I think of importance, Gary's team and Avocado's team, let's just name those the team leaders, you know. The goal right now is to reconnect. And, and and get together in order to get out of final space. Whereas the C-plot, I guess, is what we'll call it, is Bolo going off and destroying Oreskes, the Titan, who f***ed his wife Jill or whatever. He has Mooncake with him. So I would say that, you know, the most parallel plot points right now are Avocado team and Gary team reconnecting with each other with the C-plot just sort of being vaguely over here in final space, which is Bolo's going to do his own thing with Mooncake until they reconnect with the team squad, which we do get. Gary ends up finding Mooncake. He decides that apparently that's the most important thing to find first was Mooncake, which I, which I get. Okay, we're split up. We have a new ship. Who am I going to find first? You go for the alien being i guess you know you go for the little floating green thing that is surrounded or teamed up with rather with a giant (laughs) titan with a sword i think he's pretty well protected at this point (laughs) i don't think they i don't think mooncake is in of too much immediate danger in the grand scheme of things being teamed up with bolo who is a massive titan with a giant sword as i just said i would argue that my fellow crewmates um, especially those of the human variety, like my mother, should maybe have more importance to save because we were not meant to be in final space. And maybe because of, you know, Quinn not revealing that she is sick from final space poisoning, maybe that sort of has this sort of effect on the entire plot, as it were, that Gary and I guess the rest of the crew doesn't really know that, hey, I'm sick with final space poisoning this is a really dangerous thing we need to get out of here asapp they're sort of just going about their business as it were that okay we're fine we need to get out of final space that is definitely a given but we can sort of not necessarily take our time but be a little more relaxed as it were maybe not relaxed but let things happen as they may maybe that would have changed things um with this episode if 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 
Quinn was allowed to speak her situation, as it were, that, hey, I'm dying. You need to get me out of here now. You know, maybe that would shift Gary's sort of thinking of like, okay, let me get the people who are going to probably be the most sick from this out of here with me and maybe leave Mooncake. Not necessarily to his own devices, but he's with a Titan. He seems pretty well protected. <laughs> Abandoned Mooncake with a sitter. Well, pretty much, but like he's he's made of Final Space, I guess, if you if you think about it. Like if we go back to season one, Antimatter Bomb you know, closing the breach of final space, as it were, somehow from the organic matter of John Goodspeed and an antimatter bomb and the goop of the breach. Yeah, the the soup of the breach, as it were, we get mooncake. So I think he's a little less likely to get sick, as it were. He's like a ball of sentient green gelatin made out of interdimensional goop. Yeah, pretty much. And so it just seems like, uh... <laughs> again, I think I think the episode that we got, I think it's great. It's a solid 8 out of 10 cookies to me, like I said. I'd put it as, I put it as a 9 earlier because I enjoyed it more than the first two. And I think we gave, what, we gave episode 2 an 8, so that's why I was giving this one a solid 9. Sure, I mean... You know, if you're going by that logic, we have 13 episodes, and if you go up a cookie every time, then, you know, episode, you know, 4 is going to be a 10, episode 11 is going to be an 11. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Let, we'll see, because I, I, I know this one is definitely a big reveal episode. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Lord Commander being back is great. I don't... I think... I think the interesting thing is that he is getting his wish now um, from Invictus. You know, he's going to be a Titan, except like the thing, the funny thing is, is either just the whole, the whole process of it, as it were, is, you know, he's now ripped out of the universe into final space by Invictus. You know, he's badly hurt still. He just had a spear in his chest. And so he's like, you know, you're going to make me a Titan. Like, okay, he gets healed or whatever, and he gets, you know, sort of the uh, polyjuice potion sort of bubbly skin, and he's repaired. But, like, he's still, he's, he's still small grape man with powers. Like, did something, when Invictus healed him, I guess, as it were, did something, like, switch, you know? Like, like Invictus just, just hit a little switch that said, okay, you don't have to, you know, die when you use your powers anymore. Because, like, if he was just healed to where he was when he just got his powers, you know, like, then he's still going to use his powers and die. Like, he's going to get sicker every time he uses his powers. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that, the whole injury thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he was a, you know, not an indestructible being at that point. He was still destructible, and he was destroying himself, actually, every time he used his powers. Now, granted, here in Season 3, like I said, he's been healed by Invictus, and we don't see him necessarily deteriorating, whether that is more of a, it does not exist anymore, and he's fully powerful and does not, like, destroy himself every time he uses his powers, or maybe maybe it's more of a exponential sort of treatment, as it were, like before... You know, maybe it was more of a linear thing or maybe it was more exponential, but just sort of like it started off strong and then towards the end, you know, 
like it just sort of fell off a cliff as it were or maybe it was a steady decline but like at least at this point you know we don't see him struggling with his powers he seems fully in control and fully healthy from everything so it's just interesting that his i guess now unless this is like just a step in the process you know he's now a fully capable fully powerful um lord commander as it were but like is this his is this just a step in his evolution to becoming a titan or is this like his titan body like <laughs> we have we have massive titans to compare to bolo oreskes you know unnamed other titans that have already been killed and then you just have tiny little great man tiny little lord commander and i got some powers over here please don't step on me bolo Oh God! Uh, no. Why did I just think of Bolo feet pics? Please don't tell me you're gonna put Bolo feet pics on the in in the recording. <laughs> we finally see, as it were, we actually see the prison of Invictus. It was interesting to see the prison because it's just sort of this amorphous pink blob, as it were. Like it's just the outer shell of what Invictus is, possibly. Um, or maybe Invictus is what we just saw, an amorphous pink shell of something. It's kind of hard to tell. So maybe this is, maybe we will later see an episode, in a future episode, the final form of Invictus, as it were. And then, like, last, last thing to really talk about is Biscuit. And obviously biscuit now at this point it was kind of obvious in episode two but in episode three now it's a little more obvious that he's just comic relief at this point he's kind of a pervert and he's there to sort of just throw a wrench into uh gary and quinn's life as it were well not necessarily them living day to day but living day to get living day to gay together (laughs) Living day to day together, you know, we see this blossom, blossoming relationship between the two. And she was so close to telling him what was wrong with her. And then Biscuit, man, Biscuit just, Are you all right with the sexual, non-sexual contact you're getting? I do like, I, that's the thing, is I do like Biscuit as a comedic relief character. I think he's going to be very funny. And maybe it is just because it's early episodes. It's just kind of hard to see him be anything besides that and like fulfill a larger role. Yeah, if he had some sort of purpose, if maybe he has to, he's got a little mechanic suit on, so maybe he can like fix the ship or something. Yeah, which is which is fine, but like if you only writ or if you only wrote this character to be a mechanic for the ship, and a slight comic relief character, that's kind of a weak introduction of somebody. Like, I mean, to be fair, I guess, like, Tribor was the comic relief character in season one, and then sort of season two, he evolved to be the leader of the resistance, as it were. So, like, there was a role that sort of grew out of him or grew into him. Not necessarily born out of him, but... He now has a larger purpose in the show. As to what remains to be seen in season three, what role Tribor will fill, um, I have I just have a feeling it's going to be more resistance type stuff. Cause at this point that's what we know, and 
I mean, what resistance is there in final space? Clearly, he has a reason to be going off somewhere if that's what the show writers decided to do and just, you know, axe up a, a comet, as it were, or an asteroid and just have Tribor and Quattro go off into the nebulous void. I think Olin brought up a cool idea where I, it was either on Twitter or something about the episode, and he said that Little Kato has two dads where one was chosen and then the other he was taken. Yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, it definitely it definitely does feel like Little Kato has had more of a relationship. Well, I mean, okay. To say that Little Kato has more of a relationship with Gary at this point is a bit... <sighs> it's hard to tell because we don't know what he was up to before the events of the series besides being in prison. Exactly, and that's what I was about to say is that it's kind of hard to justify that um, just because, like you said, we don't know what happened. Um, you know, let's just say we don't necessarily know the exact age of Little Kato. We kind of have this estimate of 14 to 16, as it were. But let's just say it was that upper limit. Let's call it 16. Uh, there's this whole 16-year gap before the show where Little Kato and Avocado have existed as a father-son duo. So to say that, you know... Gary and Little Kato have more of a father-son relationship is a bit misleading. That being said, I think what from what we've been able to see on the show and the growth and maturity from that of <laughs> like like Gary in season two, you know, uh, how they've been hoodwinked and going into that stripper bar. And oh God! <laughs> Gary has Gary has to cover Little Kato's eyes, just being like, "Okay, we're out of here." Like. That's kind of a more father-son moment, as it were. Like, you know, don't look at the titties on the screen. You know, why is that man pushing his butt? And, and you know, like, all right, we're out of here. <laughs> like, I think that the, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think Gary has sort of become that found father or earned father, as it were. I think, I think Lil Cotto can choose him to call him father, as it were, but he also has said it in the show I think Little Kato can has that opportunity to call Gary a dad because at this point, you know, for basically a season's worth of episode, if we call it like 10 episodes going from, you know, season one, episode seven to let's just say season two, episode seven. You know, I don't remember the exact episode off my head, but for 10 episodes worth of time, you know, Gary was that father figure to Little Kato as a solo figure, as it were, because Avocado was out of the picture. That being said, you know, Gary still treats him like a son, an adopted son, as it were. You know, he's still that parental figure towards him uh, throughout the remainder of this show. But, you know, Avocado is, you know, father, then he's out of the picture, and now he's kind of like thrust back into the picture and it sort of remains to be seen now at this point whether or not with the reveal of you know little kato being adopted whether he's going to remain that father figure to little kato do you think he planned it or do you think olin planned it to say take care of my boy instead of take care of my son i don't think so i think that's just maybe he just calls him boy hey jer what's that what about, how would you feel about a reveal 
that biscuit was Clarence in another skin suit? I would... I'm... <laughs> I'm torn with that because the skin would be torn. Oh, dear. I don't know. I feel like... I feel like for for me, for that to be effective, it would have to be like episode 12 of season three. Suddenly Clarence is there. Like, <laughs> like because we've seen in past episodes, you know, he's a snake rat and not a snake rat. And, you know, he has multiple disguises and he can fit different beings and, and this, that, and the other with Clarence. And so we kind of already have that, like, even within the same episode of him changing, you know, the different skins at this point. So, like... Uh, to me, to have that reveal, it's got to be unexpected. I mean, it would be unexpected right now, but with the with the introduction of of Biscuit as a recurring character now at this point, and has yet to fill a larger role, I think you got to build him up like that. You got to build him into that bigger role. He's got to fit a little more into this show besides just being comedic relief, and then. Episode 12, you know, they're fighting Invictus. The team squad is back together. They've been through all of this <laughs> together now in the depths of final space. And then... Out of the blue. Primate. Well, no, I, sort of. <laughs> sort of like that. No, it's like, it's gotta be... It's gotta be Gary is sitting down at the at the... You know, commander's chair. He's telling Quinn to navigate this way. Avocado, arm those cannons. Little Cotto, where's my cookie? And then you just hear behind him, you know, in the little in the little biscuit voice. What do you want me to do, primate? You know, like and then Gary has to just turn around with just dread on his face and just be like, what did you just say to me? <laughs> and then just yeah. the reveal of like, it's been Clarence the entire time. Like, I've been f helping you. <laughs> like, like, you didn't think you could forgive me for what I've done and all of my sins, but I'm here, Gary with my piss martini and you're going to like me and I'm going to date your mom and it's going to be great. And, you know, just like that wrench thrown into the middle of a season 12 or season 12, a season three, episode 12, you know, penultimate finale, as it were. I mean, I don't know if that's, you know, necessarily funny for the rest of the people or, or what, uh, what else the showrunners found funny. But to me, yeah. <laughs> that would be hysterical. Like, who knows if they do Clarence dirty at that point, if, if Biscuit even is Clarence or whatever, you know? Like, this alternative this alternative universe that we're creating before we've even seen these episodes. But, you know, just... <laughs> like, would they do Clarence dirty? Would they just, like, eject him out of the ship and just be like, nope, bye? Or would they begrudgingly have to be like... All right. Well, we're not jackasses, so we're not going to let you just die in the middle of final space. But like, you're being locked up in the hollow deck, as it were, and you're not escaping. You're you are a prisoner aboard this ship, Gary, uh, Clarence. You know, like I think that's a fun and interesting topic. I don't think it's going to become true. That being said, boy howdy, yeah, boy howdy, I would love it to be true. It would be hilarious. 
I'm looking forward to now. I don't know where this season is going. I have suspicion to believe that it's going to be ending with the team squad escaping final space in the very last seconds of the episode. So I have that to look forward to. But what I'm more looking forward to now at this point, the most exciting thing to me um, is it's got to be the the little Cotto. Avocado is my adopted dad now. Like, I think that's the most exciting thing we have to look forward to right now. I'm not necessarily excited for... I mean, I guess I'm excited for the reunion of the team squad, as it were, but that's only because that's going to get that payoff of Avocado, you know, now has to tell Little Cotto he's royalty and I killed your parents. Because I don't think I don't think the showrunners would necessarily write it so that only half the team squad knows. I think it has to be a situation where everyone is reconnected and then somehow that you know the wound is opened or you know the bomb explodes i don't know what i want to use as the metaphor or the you know synonym here because they're both kind of good because ticking time bomb at this point feels cliche because we've already seen avocado deal with a bomb as it were literally take a bomb yeah so i think festering wound is what i will go for because at this point like there needs to be healing there's going to be a lot of damage done when this is revealed and then there needs to be a time to heal so yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the entire show up until this point, I guess, as it were, or at least in season three. But yes, thank you for joining us on Terracon Primetime. My name was Jeremy. My name is Josh. And we'll see you for episode four, season three, Final Space. What's it going to be called, Josh? Why are you putting me on the spot like this? I don't know the names of the episodes off the bat. <laughs> One of us. That's what it's called. Okay, so season four is going to... Season four. Gosh, I'm tired. Season four. Yeah, season three, episode four is going to be called One of Us. And we will see you in a future episode.